have the Marik in front of you. Quick Chazara to get back into the Sugi here. The Marik, which is one of the most important Marmachemists of the Sugi. question we're discussing is many, many scenarios fall in between. Or do they? That's the question. In between covenant year, it's not direct servicing and it's not being said to not arguing with them, not sitting in their place. So is there a chiv to listen? Certainly a hitter, and certainly a tremendous Indian not to aggravate them. Is, is that a chiv or not? So Chazni Shavir Kol says, well, if you do what they ask you to do, even though you're not bringing them coffee, certainly gives them nachas, that's part of servicing them. He believes it's not the covenant. And if you ignore them, then you're arguing with them, even though you don't verbalize it. That's on the mirror. The Sefer Amakna we saw hold us on the mirror. They are placing the hold us under neither. We will see uh, after we finish this Ma'arik uh, what Rabbi Yashiv says among many, many chuvas about one interesting case. Ma'arik is talking about the scenario, real life case. Rama brings it down where the fellow wanted to marry somebody the father didn't want him to. He actually made a shvuah that he wouldn't go against his father's wishes. He was chayiv because of the shvuah. Ma'arik at the end of the chuvah discusses whether he would have been mechayiv al kibbut of aim. And the Ma'arik says no, and he gives three reasons. Important question over here is, do we need all three? Is number one the main one, number two, or number three? First reason was that it's asking him to do too much, too much sar, just like there's a cap on money. You don't have to spend your own money. Uh, that's quite a cap. You don't have to spend your own money. We pass Mishalav, a little Ben. So in sar, he doesn't have to give up the one he wanted to marry. The second reason he gave is that it might be asking him to do an Avera, not to do a mitzvah, because if he marries the next one, A, there might be a delay, which he doesn't mention. Even if there's no delay... He might not be Mekayim after Lorech Kamecha because he still has his heart set on the other one. The third reason the Ma'arik gives, which is the one that is the most again to our original Shaila and all-encompassing, the question is, why does he put a third? And that is that it's not covered and it's not Yira and he doesn't have to listen. It's not servicing the parent, it's his life. Everybody's maskim to that notion to some degree. As I mentioned, they can't choose your parnas if you can be miserable being, being a lawyer as opposed to a doctor or uh, being a doctor as opposed to a Rebbe, whatever you're calling is, everybody's asking me down to listen, and the third reason certainly would apply here according to everyone. The question is, is this reason applicable to smaller cases, or do we need the other two reasons, or maybe one out of the other two as an auxiliary? That's the question, and it's hotly debated in the Akhrenim. I want to show you one more piece in the same Ma'arik, where he underscores his point on page two in the bracket, four lines down. He quotes the famous Gemara, which is quoted in Shulchan Aruch. We're not going to do full justice to it now, but at least we'll uh, have a haschalah. The Gemara gives a case where you're on board, and you're standing, and you're marveling in Iflis Aberi, and the horizon, and the waves, and your father throws a wallet overboard. What the Gemara doesn't make clear is this the father's wallet or the son's wallet, obviously a big nafkamina, and also doesn't make clear... What's the din if he's about to throw it over as opposed to if he threw it over? If he threw it over, everybody's masking, don't start screaming and yelling. Ramos says you could take him to a din terror, perhaps, if it's your wallet. But you can't be mavazim. He quotes the machlekes over here. Hadamar, filazarik arnikil yam, mechulu. Faramidu Rabbeinu Yitzchak barnikid da'av. So Rabbeinu Yitzchak says that the wallet belongs to the father. Divraim remishalav. And therefore the son can't say anything because it's not his wallet. What's the havamina? He could have yarshened. So now he has less money to yarshen. Okay. Might have been spent anyway. Even according to the Havim of the Gemara that we pass in that the son has to spend money, which we don't. 
But there was Strahavamina, Barnaki de Ben had a Dafka Shaav Nana Bashlochazu. Why is the father throwing it in? So there has to be a half decent reason why he's throwing it into the ocean. We Americans are not going to understand the reason he suggests. That's a good reason to throw. Well, to throw he means business, to show he means business, to strike some fear in the hearts of the family members they shouldn't start up. That's a good reason. We would say today, either have him arrested or send him ready for therapy. But the Gemara says, <laughs> just... I, so nobody accuses me throughout the entire Kibbutz of Aim series of uh, making anything up, which I hope you wouldn't accuse me of anyway. Uh, I, and I will even give room when things change a little bit. We're going to give some room to that. But here the Gemara is looking for a good reason why he's not a Russian Rusha and why he's not crazy. Says, no, he did it to show, to prove a point. That's not considered Baltashkas. It doesn't mean you should be Matal The Rambam and the Gemara, Rambam from the Gemara says you shouldn't do that. เกิดมาเชื่อเพียรสัตย์ศาสนาชาติอาวกาศหรือใครเป็นอเมริกาไม่เป็นโพลิกอ๋อดิฟเรเบนิสแต่ว่ามันบอกว่ามันไม่ได
Again, I hope this is never Nagea. For the lumdus of what the parameters are, this is a very important case. It's the only case where Ramah brings down. Most of the time, it's not Nagea, and we try our best that everybody should be on the same page, so we have a nice chasana, and everybody lives happily ever after. It doesn't always work. Sometimes they don't have such a nice chasana, but afterwards they live happily ever after when they see what a wonderful daughter they got. But many gradations in between. But the underpinning over here is that the Marik seems to be suggesting, certainly his last part, and the Ramah seems to agree with the Arnaki case that even B'mok and Tsar, you can go ahead with your choice if it's a major life-changing decision. There are Peskim that say, Achilik and certainly in the Machaber, that you don't need the Raskama if they're not so happy, but if they're Mamish B'tzar and it's Mamish B'zillion, then you can't marry her. Some even want to say that, sounds like they're saying even in the Ramah, that it's Tsar and then there's lifelong B'zillion and you can't do that. And once in a while, you have a case like that. And they're tiny and gets a bizillion. So again, because they say it's a bizillion because the mechutin isn't worth $100 million. Uh, we're not going to risk that. Even though they're worth $100 million. And they hold it's not going to be in the geffen, in the geffen otherwise. But that's still a ridiculous tiny. So you have to objectively figure out what, what a real bizillion is. Are they causing the bizillion themselves? Or is it inherently real bizillion? And... Um, Hopefully it'll come out b'shalom if the uh, child realizes that they're very serious about this and that uh, they really feel well, a lot of tar. That's not a great thing to get into. The question is objectively, is it mother or not? Is, there, is that the same thing with the tar go with this, uh, a child who's going through some difficult time? And it's better for them not to tell the parents because he's going to tire them and keep them up at night? Absolutely. Absolutely. As opposed to the parents wanting to know about it. Because parents always want to know, even though they really don't, don't want to know. Or shouldn't want to know. Uh, yes, that's very true. And part of keeping up aim, a uh, large part is not only not serving not them not coffee. It's not where they're pining on their, on their cover of the year, what, what, what the, we say. It's more of a. The fifth shoch and is. We probably paskin like the Chaznish anyway. Rabbi Yosha goes to the many go with it. You have to, all these cases in between are undercover or year or both. And the general idea of keeping up aim is not only serving the coffee and making the pancakes. It's to give them, a, certainly as they get older, a sense of security and and it's a very difficult balance because if you hide too much and they get wind of it, they get very insecure and they're going to always be nervous, what are you not telling me? Versus having the fifth shokhanarach and the wisdom to know that they don't have to know everything and you just save the uh, things that are cute. And... Um, you give them the nachas like that. You gotta, you gotta have a filter in life in general, with your parents, with your friends. Uh, it's, it's something that is uh, subjective. Certain parents have ESP; haven't figured out how yet. Sometimes when you thought you didn't tell them to save the aggravation, they find out and it blows up. So then you know next time that's not a good idea. You know, is, is, is there you read into an inherent mechuba in it? Um, yes, parents. If a kid damaged the car or something, and he mentioned any, he inside them, or she bangs his car or the parents' car. No, if it ain't the parents' car, car, you should he, tell he, them. He's, he's older. He's, he's, he's in his thirties or forties. Right? He's not like a right. sixteen-year-old. He bangs up the car. If he tells his parents, he's going to get them. He's going to if he fixes. And they don't live nearby. And, and they have no way of really knowing about it. But he doesn't share yeah, with them. And that's then they not. Find that he didn't share with them. So then they. They want to know. To uh, okay, so you, if you know from experience, if you know, they're going to find out. Uh, and they get If they're more aggravated when they find out, then you got to really put the objectives I mean, they, they and the... Uh, 
What? Is there inherent pechila? No, it's in year. We see if the father's not if he's my usually. Usually, if you if you ask them, they'll say, "No, we want to know everything. We don't want to be insecure. We want to know what's going on." But that's not smart. <laughs> Especially every fender bender. What for? Like the aggravation. What you're doing is you're taking every fender bender in life, and every time he's not telling, multiplying by three. Instead of you getting aggravated, now you get aggravating them. I don't think anybody would hold that that's uh, healthy. Uh, that's you know. Example. So um, examples that are more. Uh... Okay, if you have some specific ones, you can email them anonymously. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, do you have you do the second copy? We'll uh, begin Rabbi Yoshua's Tshuva. That one, where to go? Here it is. Very often, the early year Shaila comes up and Sagid Banan. So they certainly, they did that once for 30 years. They certainly don't want to do that again. You tell them the cute reports. I was in my camera yesterday. My uh, grandchildren moved in for a couple of weeks yesterday. So I couldn't believe it. My five-year-old grandson walks in. He's in the house one and a half minutes. He goes over to his little sister, who's two, and whispers loudly in her ear, Okay, we're here. Let's make a mess. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I said, what? I thought I was hearing things. <laughs> and he was good with his word. He made an editor and he was Makayim. <laughs> so that's age appropriate. That's not Lashon Hara. And man, my mother loved the story. So uh, <laughs> that didn't aggravate her. I think for whatever reason, the way the dynamics between people and the depth of the relationships are is such. You got an open relationship speaking about certain things that certain people like to be involved in their children's lives. They always want to be involved. That's what I'm saying. You can't get the handle. When you ask them, they're going to say, sure, tell me, I can handle it. They want to know that there's a depth of relationship of trust and everything else with it, which I think and you, has... And therefore, you have to tell them some of it. If a son is blocking them out or a daughter is blocking them out, there's going to be, there's going to be a, a certain distance that's going to be created. I agree. I agree, but you have to balance that because giving them aggravation, at the end of the day, they're going to have aggravation. Just know how aggravated you are and then... And then they care about you, parents, often more than the kid cares about us, and they might worry more. And sometimes they take that and they say, oh, he probably didn't tell me five other things. you got to be very, uh, you got to be very measured in general. Uh, when it comes to a spouse, this is not a sharing on spouse responsibilities. Whenever I bring this up, uh, there's always a tumult for like seven weeks afterwards. Uh, but the Chavaz Chaim uh, does assume that the Chavaz Lashonar apply between the spouse. And, and in a footnote, the Bar Chaim, he says in certain situations when you can't hold it in and uh, telling her or telling him is going to help matters, they might have sound advice, then it might be mutter in certain circumstances. Not every time you come home from work, the Chavaz over all the Lashonar from the whole day. Uh, in, the, in the firm. It's just not, uh, that can't be a uh, mahalach. So even if it's not Lashon Hara, you want to, especially with a spouse, even more than a parent, you want to, you want to share things. On the other hand, uh, sometimes a day in the office can be very aggravating, even if it's no Lashon Hara. Or even if the boss is a Russian Marusha, which I'm sure many of you have decided is the case anyway, so the Mitzvah talk Lashon Hara about him. Please ask a Shiloh before you do that. Uh, it's not always good for her to hear all the things, especially if she has half the stories from her own office. And there's a certain amount of therapy you get out of the system, and that's good, but you don't have to go into overdrive. And it does, because the spouse cares about the spouse, which you hope is the case. It causes a lot of aggravation in every single aggravating circumstance. You're just now multiplying it. And on the other hand, if you, if you hide everything, she says, she and, or he will say, you're not sharing. So you have to have a healthy balance. But also, there's no mitzvah to come home and make yourself look like a shlamazel every single day either. You wonder why these things keep happening to you. 
Uh, same thing with her. So you got to figure out in each relationship what the balance she's is. Therapy. She's not interested in so you're saying correctly, I, I always get in trouble with this, but you're saying, you just said over that she wants to tell you. I, I was discussing, I notice that you're telling, uh, okay, does she get aggravated? She just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, well, you feel better? Okay, so there's room for that. Say, there's room for that even in Hochus Lashonara sometimes. There's room for that. Stop men complaining. It depends on the person. Some people feel a lot better when they complain. And some people, after they finish, they say, what a crazy office I work in. I'm not going back tomorrow. You know? <laughs> so it uh, depends on what you're really accomplishing. It's, it's, it's not a simple answer. Okay, Rabbi Yashav has a fascinating tshuva. There, there are hundreds of tshuvas in this scenario with this in-between uh, important category of Kibbutz of Aim. Uh, I picked a relatively benign one, although uh, nothing is benign in this sugya. Take a look at the title in Simeon Yud Beis. It's from the Kibbutz Tshuva, from Rabbi Yashav. That's a, this is a very common shayla. And it's not so common. The father is, well, you'll see the case. It's really a grandfather over here. Um, this is uh, in Archaim, forget the Eredeh and Hoch's Kibbut a complex shayla. Because often what happened after the war, most people in numbers who survived the war were from Haimish extraction. If you will uh, call it that, um, Hungary came to war in '44. <clears throat> Wonderful siyata deshmaya that uh, would have been better than not come in at all, but at least uh, more survived. And many of them came after the war, and they, a lot of them sent their children to Litvish yeshivas. So he had a scenario where they were davening Nusachsvard, uh, very stark, and uh, the children came home davening Nusachsvard if they went, learned out of town. Uh, if they lived in New York, um, Tarvadas and its satellites, depends where you went. Uh, this happens today, uh, sometimes in reverse. Interestingly enough, YSV people, are, why is YSV Davin and this is fire? Because it's a satellite. They don't realize, you know the history, you'll know Muncie, you know, that's so. so if you know, if you know the Ashtaushas of Dvaram Muncie, you'll know it's not a, it's not a Shaila. Except if you're in the girls' school, my Davin The girls' school, Davin and Really? Yes. Really? Can anybody deny or confirm that? I don't know. Right? You know for a fact? You have a golden out. Really? It's long term Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, so take uh, the gentleman in the corner over there. So, you dab in those Rashkaz or Amanus Sfarad? And your father? Okay, so you got lucky. So, uh, I've had many, uh, many Bukhram telling me that the, the father asked them why the dab in those They get a little confused. Not so confusing, but. Uh, you're short term, only eight, nine years in the yeshiva, and the family down those rashas, you'll let us switch back. L'chaira, we keep the family minig. What's not well known, which Rabbi Yashav will mention, and this is a surprise to a lot of people, just from the Arachim, I think it's the other day, uh, is that the minig of the family, even though the Pasik says, Altitish Teresimecha, which seems to indicate this many of the family, and Shaila's why the mother, not the father, but it seems to indicate family, is not really a dinner family. It's a din in Mokum. This is important, and it's important for this next shuva also. It's a din in Mokum, and the way it used to be, um, before the 1700s, every small town had one shul. Then, after the Chassid and the Snagdin, so they had two shuls, Svar and Ashkenaz. And the Mokum was a din. Every city had its menhagim, and you followed the uh, menhagim. I would assume in Germany they probably didn't have too many right? 
probably just had many Ashkenazim and many Ashkenazim. They had more than one shul. So that wasn't a din. The family lived in the town. Most families lived in town for hundreds and hundreds of years. Hard for us to imagine. We move around every 8.2 years or whatever it is. It's hard to imagine, but you were you could have a family in the town for a thousand years. And that was the meaning of the Mokom. And Mamela, we looked at it as the meaning of the family. It's important because if you remember by Achukah Samshir, Ramesha spoke about wearing jackets, short jackets. So he was speaking to somebody who came from Poland, who was from a village when he had a very high Misha background, and he wore long in Poland, and then he was wearing shorts. So Ramesha said, uh, I have to answer your question, and the fact that you're here wearing shorts doesn't answer the question because maybe you have to go back. And what are your kids going to do? And Ramesha mentions the same idea. It's not a din. Surprisingly, it's not a din in the family minute. Not to say family minute doesn't mean anything. It's a din in the meaning of mokum. And Ramesha, if you remember, argued that the Yechidim came for his tipa tipa and kama kama bottle, and they were absorbed in the community where everybody was doing this. And then he goes to explain why the short jacket is not chuk because they're making it for consumers and Jews are consumers. But it's not a violation because the meaning of mokum here was they did. Are you from a place and the family didn't? Doesn't make a difference. It's a, it's a hider, it's a maidla. But we have to discuss the din over here, and you have to be reminded of that when you get into this uh, Kibbut of Aim issue, as he will remind us. So let's see. In Israel, is a very common Shayla. Happens in America as well. Father was a Sfardi, mother is an Ashkenaziah. Meyayim Hegil Achinach at Gil 35. time he started first grade. Till he was 35 years old. His father was Ashkenaz. Sfardi, as in Sfardi, the real thing, like Sfardi Tahar, like Temani or something, Moroccan or something like that. You know, real, uh, real Sfardi. Yeah, Nusra Sfardi has nothing to do with the role Ashkenazim. Yeah, I mean, that has to do with the Tfilas, but uh, it's a real Sfardi. It doesn't make a difference for the thing, but that's the, that's the case. So, they lived among Ashkenazim, everything was done committing Ashkenazim. This is a neighborhood. Now, such neighborhood is predominantly the Yeshiva and the, the neighbors. Yada to the extent, Yada Asriva. He didn't even know he knew the Sfaradim existed, but he didn't know that there was any Shaykhs in his Ichos to anything different. At Sha'aviv, one day, Baruch Hashem, Sha'aviv Mitzvis. His father was a Sfaradi who was traditional, Masarati Sfaradi in Israel, very common. And he was around in his early thirties, and his father started becoming a Balchuva. He was a mitchazek, as they say in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, whereas before he went to Shul Hashem Kippur and kept mitzvahs here and there, he started getting into it. And he really got very from, probably started buying all this farm from Abba Vajja, and uh, started being medaktik, and every Yechavadas, and Kafachayim, and the Marana Mechaber, and Gavaldik, which is what he should do, because that's his makar. And of course, the... Um, after a while, and here comes the trouble. He went over to his 35-year-old son, and he said, uh, by the way, I'm really getting into this. We have a very rich heritage, which they do. Uh, I would like you to switch to Svard, not Nusra Svard, which is just a few words here and there. Svardi. As a kid grew up, he didn't even know there was like any sheiches to anything, and uh, he grew up in Ashkenaz yeshivas, and the uh, literature surroundings, and the whole nine yards, and... Uh, Father said, I want you to switch at 35. It was very difficult for him. This guy was to have real Bnei Teres children, which is why he has to have to do tshuva. The father asked and asked and asked and asked again. 
He switched his Nusach Hashman Ezra. Very nice of him. The question is, is that a Chiv or not? So already, this is a classic example. It's not servicing the father. It's not Meira, or is it? That's the question. The Chazim say, well, you're giving him Nachas, and if you ignore him, then you're disagreeing. That's the Shailah. Together with the vitamin C's and putting on your coat. It's definitely positive. Positive in which direction? Halachically? In Arachayim, no. That's why I introduced. There's absolutely no chiyah for him whatsoever. He grew up among Ashkenazim. That's why I pointed out the Arachayim did first. So I, I can't call it positive. I can, positive in terms of giving his father nachas, yes. Positive in terms of an upgrade in his tefillah? No. Because he had no chiyah to do it. No. In the Arachayim department, it's, I don't even know if it's neutral. It's probably negative because that's not his minute. And in the keep it of aim, that's the shayla. The jury's still out. It depends who you hold like. Yeah? I think you're saying it's not his minute because the father was weak before. So his father didn't have any of the No, no, that's not the point. That's, that's, that's why I introduced. He's going to spell it out. No, it's not saying. It has nothing to do with his parents and grandparents. It's, nothing, it's, a, it's a mistake. I don't want to... I'm going to get complaints about this after this year. But uh, it, Rabbi Yosha will say his double push. He's not even going to discuss that part. And, and all, all the discussions, Rabbi Yosha and Shruba, if you were, uh, if you were here for that year, when he talks about the short jackets, he says that before. He says he came to New York, New York to wearing short jackets. It doesn't make a difference what your father did. That's pretty, I'm not saying, therefore, you shouldn't keep your father's men hogan. Uh, there, there's a, there's a, there are many good reasons to do that anyway. But right now, for the din and Arachayim, it's not because his father didn't have men hogan. It's because... Let me, let me give you an example. If the father was very from the whole time, and he was rescued by Pe'ilim, we just spoke about this, by Rav Desler, sent him, Chazni sent him, sent Yaakov Kalinsky, and he rescued him from a, from a, from a camp, from an uh, absorption center from a kibbutz, where they kidnapped him, and they got him out, and they, uh, they sent him to Panovich, which happened quite often. And he grew up a complete Ashkenazi, if that was the case. So then... And he's living in B'nai Brak among us. Let's say the same thing so just with him. Does he have to switch? Not push it. Can he switch? Maybe, yeah. Because that was his parents and his grandparents' minute. But if you hold it to din, and otherwise you have a problem over here. Why is Rabbi Yashiv going to discuss the keep it up aim aspect? The kid is a switch because it's clear his father was a Sephardi, his grandfather was a Sephardi, his great-grandfather was a Sephardi. Going back to Moshe Ben, I assume Moshe Ben was a Sephardi. It's also well, I don't ask. mean that tongue in cheek, but it's whatever the uh, what? You mean he's asking him? No, no, no. That has uh, <laughs> that. I'll do it. Rabbi Yeshev wouldn't I stop him. Look, I'm puzzled this, but so far we quoted in the Chukasayim we quoted Rabbi Yeshev. Now we're quoting Rabbi Yeshev. We can discuss afterwards. You can show me the makaris, but it's not there are makaris, and it's the din and the mokum, not in the parent. Uh, but certainly willing to discuss. I think I get to, before I get into more trouble, we'll stop here and go to my room. Uh, <laughs>